we've uh, we've been working our way through through a series in the book of Luke called Jesus Friend of Sinners and we've been going through this book verse by verse by verse and so uh, I want to start off by talking to you about this movie that I watched way back in 1990 it was called Home Alone you guys remember Home Alone um I, I enjoyed the movie when I was a kid, and then now, like, with my kids being older, we, Smith and I enjoy just watching them laugh and just have some fun just watching this movie. And if you don't know what the story is about, there's uh, a family and their extended family. They're going to Paris for, uh, for Christmas vacation, and these families stay over at the McAllisters' house the night before they're about to travel. And one of the boys named Kevin accidentally ruins the family dinner, and his parents send him to the attic for a timeout. The next morning, the family oversleeps, and they're in a rush to get to the airport. And while they're on their flight, and while they're in the air, Kevin's mom realizes they forgot something. They left Kevin at home in the attic. And in the confusion and in the rush to get to the airport, Kevin is accidentally left behind. And in the busyness of getting to the airport, they leave Kevin home alone. Can you imagine losing your kid and not realizing it? This is where we pick up the story in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. If you have your Bibles, would you turn there with me? Luke 2, 41. We are finally at the end of chapter 2, and we come upon this really interesting story. This is what it says, verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking it was in their co- he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. And man, you know, we were reading through this portion of scripture at home, and my kids started laughing. And they said, Dad, it's home alone. And then one of them realized, they were like, Dad, home alone ripped off the Bible. Year after year, for 12 years, Mary and Joseph were traveling to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration. And they were traveling with their family, with their friends, with their extended family. And they would caravan from the north to the south. And the women and the kids, they would be up in front. 
and the men would be behind. By the time Jesus is 12 years old, he can be in either group, with the women and the kids or with the men and behind. And so Mary and Joseph didn't think anything of it, right? Maybe he's just with his friends in the big group of people that's traveling. Maybe he's with his cousins. Maybe he's with his other relatives. And after a day's journey by foot, they realize Jesus is missing. If you've ever lost a child in the store, it's a scary thing. Happened to me once. I was in Kohl's, and I think Zoe was about three years old, and she wanted to see the toys, and I was looking at something else, and she was getting really impatient, and the next thing I know, she is gone. And so is her stroller. And so now I'm angry, though. I'm not worried, but I'm angry because I know she's probably at the toys. And so I went over to the toys, and there's no Zoe. And so now I'm anxious, and I'm nervous, and I'm afraid for Zoe and because Smith is going to kill me. (laughs) And so I speak to the store worker, and they radio security. A guy walks out from the secret wall, and he's calling a code Adam. And two minutes later... They see Zoe at the front of the store, sitting in her stroller, reading a book upside down. And man, I was relieved. I can't imagine the panic and the anxiety that Mary and Joseph had. And you know, this morning, I I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that this section and the story is included in Scripture And I want to encourage all the parents who are here today, if you've ever had a bad parenting moment, and we've all had those, just remember, Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. If you're you're ever feeling like, man, I wish I was a better parent, just remember that Mary and Joseph lost the Savior of the world. Like, what is that conversation? Like, Mary, did you see him? I thought he was with you. We just lost the Messiah. Here's Mary and Joseph, and and they love Jesus, and they would do anything for this Jesus, but they got busy. They got caught up with their travel, travel plans. Maybe they got a little complacent with Jesus. They assumed Jesus was with him, but he was somewhere else. There's a lot of people here this morning who love Jesus. I want to ask you, would you do anything for him? Or have you become complacent in your relationship with Jesus? Have you gotten so busy with work and school and your family and your social life that that maybe you've been neglecting this Jesus? Jesus, I just, I didn't have a whole lot of time to pay attention to you. Jesus, I just didn't have the time to spend with you. Jesus, I got so busy doing what I wanted to do that I am neglecting you. How are you spending time with Jesus? Are you assuming that he's with you? Meanwhile, he's somewhere else. What's the thing that's making you so busy? 
What is making you too busy for God? I understand we have crazy schedules. We, we live in this, in this society, in this culture here in the Boston area where it is just go, 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 go. Like long, busy working days. There are some people who were working two and three jobs who are here. Then you got to deal with the instrument lessons that you got to bring your kids to in sports to take our kids to. But what is making you too busy for the Savior of the world? It's kind of funny to think that Mary and Joseph neglected the Savior of the world. But if we're honest with ourselves, if you were honest with yourself, what is in your life that is causing you to neglect this Jesus? Mary was worried, and she was anxious, and she was overwhelmed. They traveled for a day. It took them a day to get back, and they spent the better part of a day in Jerusalem looking for Jesus, and they're looking for him probably in the place that a 12-year-old would be at the arcade, at the pizza joint, at the mall. And I mean, they couldn't find Jesus anywhere that you would think a 12-year-old would be. And then they found him in the temple. It says, verse 46, it says, after three days they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. You know, the temple courts are this famous place that's known for learning and it's known for teaching. And during the Passover, it's common for these Jewish leaders to come to the temple courts and they would hold these discussions and hold these teachings and they were there training students and they're training disciples. And Jesus would have been there listening to them asking questions. Because at this point in his life, at 12 years old, he's preparing for his bar mitzvah the following year. So it's not odd to have a 12-year-old into temple courts listening to these teachers and asking them questions. But, verse 47 Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been so anxious searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? There's another translation that says, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Here's a 12-year-old Jesus, and even though he's 12, he understands his purpose. And even though he's 12, he understands his calling. And this morning, we celebrated the call of God on Tom and Rachel. And what I love about their particular call is they aren't called to be pastors. They aren't called to be church planners, and they know that. They're called, though, to use their education and their unique sets of, of, of giftings and talents and their abilities and their life experience to communicate the love of Jesus to those who have never been reached before. And I want to remind you this morning that you have a purpose and you have meaning for your life and it is to be about your father's business. That's your purpose. That's the meaning for your life. And there, there is a calling 
on your life as well. And there are people, there are people who sit beside you at work. There are people who sit beside you in the cafeteria at school. There are people who you probably have lunch with on a daily basis. There are some people who are in your family who have never heard about the extent of Jesus' love for them. You have a calling, and you have a mission, and you are called to use your education and your unique skill set and your gifts and your talents and your abilities and your life experiences to communicate the love of Jesus to those who have never been reached. I've been talking with uh, the leadership of Glad Tidings this week, uh, just trying to figure out some math. And over the last two weeks, we've had little over 80 people, uh, 80 adults here in the sanctuary during our services. And we've asked people to write down on that postcard the name of an unchurched friend who they're going to bring to Back to Church Sunday. And after two weeks, um, if you look at the cross, there's about 30 names. So I was telling the leadership, I think my math is wrong because we asked Everyone to participate in this. Everyone to provide a name who we can pray for. So I don't, maybe it's this common core math that I, I don't get it. But by my calculations, there's a disconnect here in doing the Father's business. This is what Paul says in Romans. He says, how then... Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have never heard? And how can they hear without someone telling them? Who's going to tell your unsafe friends about Jesus? Who's going to tell your unsafe family about Jesus? I don't know them. I'm not involved in their lives. Who's going to tell your unsaved neighbors about this Jesus? I want to tell you guys, if you call glad tidings your home, I want to tell you, you cannot ignore this call on your life to be about your father's business. It's not enough for you just to come to church. And I get it. People come here, they want to be cared for, it, and we want to be able to do that. And people come here, and they want to be fed, and we, we hope that you are. But you are a part of the body of Christ. And in that, we need you to use your gifts and your talents and your abilities to communicate the love of Jesus to a lost and hurt and broken and dying world. So how are you doing that? How are you going to do that? How are you going to be about your father's business? I'll close with this this morning. Jesus' relationship with his heavenly father was the most important thing in his life. It was the most important relationship that he had. There was nothing that Jesus wanted more than to be in the presence of his Father. What about you? 
What's the most important relationship that you have? Is it, is it your spouse? Is it your husband? Your wife? Is it your parents? Is it, is it some friendships that you have? Or is the most important relationship that you have in your life Jesus? I mean, have you been able to foster your relationship with Jesus or have you been neglecting this relationship? This morning, I'm going to ask the prayer team if you would come forward. Today, I want to remind you that when you spend some time in the presence of God, things begin to happen. When you begin to nurture your relationship with Jesus, amazing things begin to happen. When we spend time in the presence of God, chains will be broken. And when you nurture your relationship with Jesus, afflictions will be taken away. And when you draw close to Jesus, healings will begin to happen. And you will find strength in your moments of weakness, and you will find peace that surpasses all understanding. Everything changes when we grow in our relationship with Jesus. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed this morning, would you stand with me today?